Dionisio at the plate. He's over two today. Swakowski, the big right hander, lets it go. It's right down Broadway. Dionisio lets it fly, and it's oh, it's raining now. And welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater, the podcast where two bums talk about other bums at baseball games. I'm Jack Swakowski. And I'm Jeremy Dionisio. And as promised, we have another game episode for you today. Jeremy and I attended the May 4th, 2021 makeup game between the Los Angeles Dodgers and Chicago Cubs at Wrigley Field. Uh, it was a rematch of the 2016 Game 6 World Series, not World Series, uh, NLCS game. Yeah. It was Kyle Hendricks versus Clayton Kershaw. Uh, which has been mentioned before on the podcast, was attended by Jeremy. But first, um, it is episode 118. So, Jeremy, who do you have for your 2018 Major League debut? Yeah, Jack. Um, so, a couple guys here. We'll see. I'll, I might mention this guy if you don't pick him, but uh, that's that's my backup. But um, the guy who I ended up going with, Jack, is Chris Shaw. Chris, you know Chris Shaw? Shaw? Yeah. No, I do not. I know Robert Shaw, who played Quint in Jaws. I don't know. <laughs> sure. uh, I don't know Chris Shaw though. Yeah, and uh, you know, I'm not sure if there's any relation or not. But uh, <laughs> Chris Shaw is. Um, so I. So I'm still. I think Jack has lightened his uh, his uh, restrictions a little bit on picking guys. I'm still challenging myself to try to pick guys who are not, you know, like currently in the majors. I, the, Chris Shaw is still active, so um, so it's still I'm, I'm I'm teetering on the line here. But Chris Shaw's um, he has two years of uh, experience in the majors, both with the San Francisco Giants. He was a first round pick. He was the 31st um, overall pick of the 2015 draft out of Boston College by the Giants. Um, six foot four, two twenty, uh, bats bat, a left handed batter, uh, outfielder, and first baseman. So um. There's no reason, Jack, why you should know Chris Shaw uh, unless you were maybe a Giants fan. Um, but he's a guy who, like, uh, he's one of these guys just, you know, we I, there was a guy on the list that I wanted to, that I probably would have done if I didn't bring him up uh, in the uh, non-roster invitee episode, Dylan Cousins. Um, there's just these guys who, like, are, you know, hit for a ton. Like, you know, they call them, like, you know, triple A plus or, like, you know, four a players like guys who like are too good for triple a, but can't make it in the major leagues. And so, um, you know, there are certain attributes of these guys. Mostly it's like, you look at their home run numbers and they're like crazy home run numbers. Um, but it just doesn't translate to the major league. So Chris Shaw is kind of one of those guys. I would say he's 27 years old. He's in the, uh, the Orioles organization. Now he's in triple a Norfolk, um, right now with, uh, Baltimore, uh, but if you look at his minor, so his major league numbers, you know, he's, uh, par- played parts of two years, um, has a, has one Homer and has hit 153, uh, in 38 major league games. Uh, but if you look at his minor league numbers, he has, um, over six seasons, he has 109 home runs, um, in, in, uh, 525 games played and a batting average of 279. So if you look at his, his baseball reference, he has like, he hit 28 homers in 2019, 24 homers in 2018, uh, 24 homers in 2017, 21 homers in 2016. Uh, but the guy, you know, in his, you know, and granted, he hasn't gotten like a extended chance in the major leagues, but he hasn't with those numbers, he hasn't stuck in the in the major leagues, and it's kind of just like uh, it's 
there's a lot of guys like that, you know, and it's like it's a difference between, you know, making it on a big league club and being like a great triple A player. And so there's guys like that, like like Dylan Cousins and like Chris Shaw is one of those guys. And so he's 27 years old. The book isn't closed on him. But, um, you know, so he he this guy could pop up at some point, especially with the the, the Orioles uh, this year. So I wouldn't be surprised if he, he you know, sees some time in the big leagues this year. But, uh, you know, and also you, you factor in like the year lost here. So, you know, maybe pretend he's 26 years old. I don't know. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, so like just a guy who who has amazing minor league numbers um, and just you know hasn't figured it out on the major league level yet. Yeah, and Jeremy, he's one of those old school. Uh, just just from looking at his um, you know his measurements here, six four two twenty, plays left field and first base. He looks like one of those classic guys. Let uh, like you know old school scouts would drool over. Like yeah, this guy looks like uh, you know he passes the eye test, yep. so to speak. Um, yeah, it, it, it's interesting, Jeremy. Yeah, I totally, this guy totally uh, flew under my radar. Uh, in 2019, he took a one for 18 for the season uh, with San Francisco before he, I guess, maybe got sent down or uh, I don't know if he was a September call up that year. But, um, well, let's see. It says his last game played was, uh, uh, actually, I can't find his last game played on here. It says he debuted on August 31st of 18. Um, but uh, last night, or I guess the, earlier this week, you mentioned he was with AAA Norfolk. It uh, looks like he took an 0 for 4 at the plate in his first minor league game. Yep. Uh, God bless the minor league season, um, you know, starting up again. So, yeah, thank you for putting uh, Chris Shaw on my radar, Jeremy. He's not Raymond Prentice Shaw, uh, who was the protagonist's name in the Manchurian Candidate. Or, uh, you know, he's not Richard Shaw, uh, the former Marquette forward. But, yeah, it uh, joins a long list of, uh, of great Shaws. Uh, just in my in my consciousness. So Scrimshaw, yeah, Scrimshaw is a pretty good beer. A, a good beer, yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, excellent. You know, Jeremy, I actually, as you mentioned, I loosened my restrictions a little bit on okay. guys, but I think I did find a guy who is no longer in baseball. At least okay. he's sort of uh, Chris Shaw status right now. Actually, sort of a similar career to Chris Shaw in that he played in 2018 and 2019. But yep. my guy is Daniel Palka, and that's who I was gonna pick. Jack, and so I'm glad you're doing them. Very glad. Good, yeah, yeah. Hey, cue up the traditional salsa music, folks. It's time to <laughs> it's time to talk about Daniel Palka. Uh, he had a very strange career. So in 2018, yes. he he debuted with the White Sox. He hit 27 home runs in 2018. He finished fifth in Rookie of the Year award. 27 homers. I think that led all rookies in the major leagues uh, in home runs. Um, yeah, in 2019 though, he just completely fell off a cliff. He, uh, he he batted 84 times uh, and he hit 107 with two home runs. It was and he just he just became unplayable. Uh, they sent him down and now he's in the Washington Nationals uh, organization, probably in their AAA. But uh, yeah. I remember one time he hit a walk off home run. Uh, it was in 2018 with the White Sox. I think it was at home. Well, I, obviously it was a walk off homer and uh, it, they interviewed him after the game. I think it was maybe our Chuck who was interviewing him and and our Chuck just kept asking him questions and Daniel Palka just kept saying Homer and like he would like our Chuck would ask him a question and, and he would go Homer like like that was the only like he was like a zombie and the only word he could say was Homer and I thought that was funny I was like okay yeah Daniel Palka like kind of a goofy guy yeah um and like just kind of and I I think for for that year White Sox fans thought that they maybe had a dude who was mm-hmm. going to be on the team and he just 
uh, he just collapsed. He just, you know, uh, fell into a black hole. So uh, I don't know if we're going to see Daniel Palka again. Um, I kind of hope so. It's weird that he's in a, with a National League team because it seems like he's generally regarded as like a guy who plays horrible defense and is probably a, just a DH. But um, yeah, Daniel Palka, strange career. Not sure if we'll see him again. No, yeah, for sure. Um, good follow on Twitter, also, Jack. Uh, we is follow he? we follow him on Twitter. Um, okay. As a as a podcast. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, just not. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know, and he was um, 26 that in his rookie year. Like, I um, bounced around to a couple from a couple teams. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know um, what uh, the future holds for Daniel Polka. He played in the KBO last year, I think. Um, okay. With uh, with you know a lot of kind of players at that level, um, and uh, yeah, he did. He um, he got an at bat, I guess, yesterday uh, for Rochester. Um, but uh, no hit, uh, and uh, yeah. So I guess at, I'm. So maybe he came off the bench in a Triple A game. That's probably not great. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. He's he's still around and kicking. Um, I mean, listen. If Jerry Reinsdorf stays with the club, uh, I I can almost guarantee you Daniel Polka will be back at some point in his mid 30s with the uh, with the White <laughs> Sox. So so hope all hope isn't isn't lost yet. Well, at least Daniel Palka probably knows all the rules of baseball. Wow. So, um, okay, Jeremy. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, we got just uh, just like two more years of this uh, this MLB debut thing before we got to figure out something else to do to open up the show. So we'll uh, you know we'll discuss that later. But uh, we went to more importantly, we went to the uh, Cubs Dodgers game that happened yesterday. So originally, the game Jeremy and I had tickets to was scheduled to happen on Monday night. Um, but it was postponed at about 5 p.m. that day uh, due to rain. The game was supposed to start at 6.40. So about an hour and a half before game time, they postponed it. Uh, Jeremy and I were trying all day to kind of look at the forecast, figure out what was going on. And what yeah. actually sucks is that uh, it rained from maybe 7 to 8 or so, and then the rain stopped. So they totally could have gotten the game in. I feel like if they wanted to, I'm not sure if both teams just wanted to have an extra day off. I, yeah, they were speculating about that on the broadcast, and it, it makes a lot of sense. Both teams kind of were scuffling, uh, spinning their, their, their wheels, and I think they they all, they all both could have used the extra day off for um, uh, their bullpen's sake. And so that, that kind of makes sense. Uh, I don't know how we got in the middle of that. We we got screwed <laughs> screwed over on that, but uh, but yeah, like it was it was annoying. Like that that whole afternoon, like I, I called you, like we were trying to speculate because I was um, you know uh, anticipating that the game, if it's rained out, they're going to play it in the day. What day would they probably play it? We figured probably Tuesday, and so I was trying to figure out some some things like with my work schedule and whatnot. And uh, um, I was heading into my cl- teaching my class at four thirty, and. Uh, I was like gonna hightail it right to the game afterwards, and so I had to kind of figure out what uh, what to do because um, usually once my class starts, I'm I'm kind of like not able to check in on the internet or anything, and I ended up missing a friggin' NBA Top Shot uh, sale, uh, which pissed me off a lot because I was scuffling so much about this this game. So it was it led to a lot of. Uh, just kind of confusion on Monday afternoon, and the the biggest uh, annoyance of it was that the forecast looked bad uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday morning, and then it just it progressively kept getting better. And like it, yeah, as it would turn out, like it, uh, 
yeah, it wasn't that bad. And and quite honestly, from what I could tell, Jack is like it. It didn't even seem like it rained hard enough to where they would have even delayed the game. I think they would have played through it even if they had started it. So it was super annoying because uh, we could have gotten in. As it turns out, they did it Tuesday uh, afternoon, and I was like sweating the whole time because I had to to make a, a class at four thirty, and uh, um, I was just hoping that they they would get the whole game in so I could hurry on home and and get get home from for for work. Yeah. Yeah, Jeremy, and I, I probably would have gotten a haircut on Tuesday afternoon, but, you know, I, I couldn't because we went to the Cubs game, and now I, you know, now I don't know when the hell I'm going to get a haircut. So, so yeah, there you go, man. It was just, uh, it was rough. Um, also, we, we still haven't, we've been to two games now, and we still haven't seen one that's nine innings long. No, so, hey, yeah. nine-inning games are hard to come by in this season, folks. I tell you what. Yeah, we'll, we'll be lucky if we see an eighth inning at some point before the, <laughs> the All-Star break. Um, so I will also say that it was, um, you know, it's no longer early spring in Chicago, baby. It's, it's early May now, um, which I think should be just right in the middle of spring. But it was, it was cold. It was cold yesterday, man. It was only about 50 degrees, uh, all day, give or take a few degrees. For the most part, it was overcast. So the weather was not pleasant either. We both had on, um, you know, fleeces and jackets as well, uh, as our, you know, our caps. So it was, uh, it was pretty cold, dude. My hands were we're pretty uh, pretty numb by the end of the damn thing. Yeah, yeah. I was um I, I was good until maybe about the third inning or so and then I was I was kind of regretting not having gloves, but um but yeah, uh yeah, that, that was the thing too. It was like the weather was like amazing over the weekend here in Chicago and then as soon as Monday hit it you know dropped to like the low fifties and uh and wind and uh and rain and and it wasn't good so um you know it's it's about to it's about what you would expect for early season uh, cubs game but uh it's just it 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 tries extra hard when when it was really nice over the weekend and and then as soon as time for us to go to the game the the cold front comes in so yeah, not great. And and I uh, I will say too, so I walked to the game, Jeremy, um, you know, and as I was headed south and I was on about uh, uh, Clark and Irving Park, which is maybe maybe a, a quarter mile, a little bit more than that from the stadium, um, there was absolutely nobody walking <laughs> to the stadium that I saw. Usually by about that point, you'll see a bunch of people in Cubs jerseys or people who are otherwise obviously going to the game. There was absolutely nobody in route to the game so i yeah. i was thinking this is maybe going to be a smaller crowd than normal they announced ten thousand, but it was it was tantamount to the players playing in front of nobody because there was there were very few people at that game yeah definitely that was definitely the number of people who bought tickets um to go monday night and who were not there um yeah you asked me jack if how many i thought were there i mean it's so hard to say just with it being so empty i mean yeah maybe like maybe like 4,000. I don't know. Like it, it's, it's hard to say like, um, but, uh, definitely not five. I definitely not uh, 10,000. And I would be surprised if it was half. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, uh, you know, it was, uh, we, we decided to meet at the Ernie bank statue, uh, and no, actually, we met we met at Wrigleyville Dog, so we met a little bit north of the stadium. We kind of yeah. ran into each other. Uh, no big deal for us to find each other, and we 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 got into the stadium easy enough. There was no uh, there was no line, no wait at all to get into the stadium. Um, uh, I will say here, because uh, I, I, I might as well just say it now, but one of two, the, the first of two people who um, uh, uh, commented on my Expos hat. It was when we when we entered the stadium. So I had my Expos hat on for the first time this season. Always gets a few comments. I'm honestly getting a little bit tired of it. I mentioned to Jeremy. I said I, I need a new, I need a new neutral hat. I'm not going to be that guy who wears a Brewers hat 
to a, a Cubs uh, Dodgers mm-hmm. game, mm-hmm. but I need you know, so I need some kind of neutral hat. I'm not going to be that douchebag. So somebody you know, somebody commented on the Expos hat. The guy was like. The guy who let me in, he was like the uh, taking tickets. He's like, go Expos. And I was like, yeah, all right. And then there was another guy, Jeremy, as we were walking up to the upper deck to our seats. It uh-huh. was like he was like a, uh, you know, a soda vendor, a beer vendor. It was like we passed him on our way up the ramp. And he kept commenting on the Expos hat. He was like, hey, man, that's old school and stuff. And I kind of like I just couldn't <laughs> hear him real well because like we were right under a, a, like one of those speakers for the public address guy. Okay. And so I kind of just kept waving at him. And he, I I don't think you heard him either, but like no, I, kept, I didn't like, hear either of these, Jack. Yeah, yeah. So I kept I was doing like a Clark Griswold wave from vacation, <laughs> where like I like I waved at him, but like you could tell I didn't know you know know what the hell was going on. But yeah, he <laughs> sure. he kept being like, yeah, that's old school, man. It's like <laughs> cool, cool, yeah. So um, yeah, there you go. So I got two two expos comments on my uh, you know on that day. Nice. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's uh, it's it, it comes with the turf at this point. Um, I think uh, you know, you, definitely trying to signify what the expos had as I do when I wear mine. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I never didn't realize that it would get as much reaction as it as it as it did. Um, you know, my my favorite is still wearing it at, at Whole Foods. Uh, like the day after the uh, na- the Nationals won the World Series, and people were commenting there. And even if the Whole Foods crowd is hip to the expos hat game. <laughs> Um, I mean, maybe that's actually the, the perfect crossover between, you know, hipster and, and sports, uh, is, so. is the Expos head. Yeah. 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 There you so. go. Um, so yeah, we, when we went in the game, uh, first thing we did naturally was buy scorecards. It's nice, Jeremy, that, um, you know, you can buy a scorecard with a credit card now. You don't have to have a, a damn, uh, you don't have to have cash on you, which yeah. is always a huge pain in the ass. So you just, you buy them right at the gift shop. They don't seem to have the little stands anymore. Right. I mean, so like, you know, that's one of those that's that's a tricky one because like, yeah, it's it's a lot easier to to just buy it with cash. I There's been many or to, to buy with credit. There's been many times where I've been, uh, you know, looking. I feel like I've had to, like, ask my wife for a dollar sometimes <laughs> like on my way to the game because I for the scorecard, which is uh, just pretty comical. Um, but uh, I mean, it's kind of sad that those those scorecard vendor guys are not around anymore. Yes. And I don't know if they're ever going to come back like that might be. Um, I mean, that would suck because uh, that's part of the the experience is walking in the gate and the vendors is right there and you, you buy your scorecard. Um, but yeah, it's it's very convenient to just swipe your card and get it that way. It, it seems kind of goofy to charge one dollar on your credit card. Um, and, you, you know, the Cubs are losing money on that, like but with the transaction fee alone. But uh, it is what it is. Um, so we did get the scorecards. Um, I thought one thing that was funny, so it's kind of like right when you walk in, so we went in the, uh, Gallagher way entrance, <clears throat> excuse me. And, um, right when you walk in, like there's a, there's like kind of like an off ramp where you can go and like, uh, like deviation where there's like a little, uh, souvenir stand and the guy's selling scorecards right there. So you can pick it up right as you walk in. Um, uh, he's got, it's kind of like a corner, uh, like souvenir stand so there's two sides to it facing like the the walkway and um jack was ahead of me he went ahead and bought a scorecard the guy started ringing him up and he looked at me and he's like you want one too and i'm like yep and he's like come over this way and so like he ran he, he motioned me over to the other side of the uh, uh uh stand and he started ringing me up for my scorecard at the same time that jack was like doing his transaction so this guy was like running two transactions at once um, which is kind of funny because like there was no line behind us and no like no sign of any rush coming anytime soon. 
but he was I, maybe he was just practicing for like when you know like a weekend Cardinals game in the summer uh, where he's going to have to have both lines moving at the same time because it was it was just kind of funny that he he ring us both up at the same time and uh, no no need for it whatsoever. But. Yeah, Jeremy, I was going to say the intention behind that move was definitely to like eliminate any uh, sort of line, but yeah. there was there was no line in sight. We no, were the no only people going. who <laughs> no, we were the only people who uh, like I, I I wasn't getting the energy from anywhere else in the ballpark that anybody was going to buy anything from this guy, and uh, you know he had to he had to get our asses out of there. So I don't know like if they told him like hey man if if you know. If we see any lines at this at this kiosk, like your ass is grass. I, I don't know, man. But yeah, uh, right. yeah, it was it was very bizarre. But hey, it was efficient, man. I mean, we both we both ended up with our scorecards at the same time. We did, yeah, we did. And um, so just to just to recap, um, from my experience going the first day when I, I filled everybody in a little bit, um, they had a similar scorecard with like similar design, similar artwork. Um, they did add like the uh, Dodgers to the front cover. So they did update it, but it's it's kind of generic, no player pictures or anything. Um, but one pleasant surprise um, when we open the scorecard is that they now do include the rosters. So the rosters are there. Yeah, that was a nice surprise, Jeremy. I was totally expecting for that not to be the case. So that was that well, was pretty cool. Yeah, I was about to suggest, Jack, that we go over to the fan services table and see if they had... Uh, roster printouts and then they were right there in the scorecard like they should be so we didn't have to do that so that was um that was an interesting surprise and uh yeah i mean you throw the rosters in there and then it's like i got no complaints about the scorecard you know i do i wish it had maybe a couple extra lines sure but uh it's it, it does the, the job for sure yeah and i will actually say jeremy i like the uh just sort of the how how simple the front of it is um mm-hmm. I, I think it looks kind of cool i actually prefer this over having a picture of a player on the scorecard. So I'm, <laughs> hey, I'm down with it. And, you know, granted, like, maybe I just don't need to another excuse to look at, like, Javi Baez doing a crazy slide. But, like, uh, <laughs> sure. still, I think it, it, it fits with just the Wrigley Field experience. So I was happy with it. Um, yeah, so we went up to our seats. We sat in the uh, the upper deck. Uh, where were we? Would you say we were upper deck infield? Is that where we were um, behind? We were, uh, yeah, I believe we were infield. Although we were, we were pretty, we were kind of like on the outskirts of the infield. But yeah, I remember from the uh, on sale, uh, you know, out, upper deck reserved outfield is slightly cheaper than upper deck reserved infield. But I was just trying to like grab two tickets when they went on sale. And so I believe, yeah, we ended up, we were technically in the infield. Yeah. Yeah, the seat the seats were good, but my seat was uh, tied up when I when I got to it. So, so um, yeah, that was so. You know, we talked about that on opening day. Like the seats, they zip tie the seats that aren't uh, sold. Um, but some, like, but somehow um, we were we bought we were sold seats fifteen and sixteen in our row, and uh, fourteen was on un, was untied, but sixteen was tied, and so we we just moved over one. But it was it was just kind of funny that they went ahead and like you know jack jack's seat was technically zip tied up so <laughs> yeah so it, it it ended up working out though um uh so jeremy and i you know we couldn't we couldn't do like the when when usually there's when there's no one around us we usually like to have a buffer seat so yep. we can both kind of stretch out um you know but that wasn't an option they just had two seats together and then everything else was zip tied so you know even though no one was around us we were kind of scrunched in together yeah, you can't, you know, there's two guys going to a public outing. You can't risk elbows touching or knees rubbing up against each other. So you try to get that buffer seat in there, but uh, 
because of COVID rules, wasn't happening this time. No, man. Hey, we, yeah, we do it at movies, you know, everywhere, man. You got to yeah. have that. Got to have that buffer seat. Very important. Sure. Um, yeah, so this was the first game of May. So this is the first game where they had the new PA guy. So, Jeremy, you can confirm that this guy was different than the guy who was at opening day. Yeah, it was not Andrew Friedman. They didn't catch his name. A lot of times they say their name like the when they first, like, quote, unquote, come on the air at the stadium. Uh, but I uh, didn't catch the guy's name. I- I'm sure it's in. I'm sure it's online somewhere. But uh, yeah, he must have been hired new for this um, for this homestand. Um, I know they were saying like that Andrew Friedman was going to fill in for April. Um, I don't know if they had like a hard date that they were going to like hire a new guy. But uh, this guy was in place, and um, yeah, I don't know. Did you find his name, Jack? I didn't find his name. Okay. Um, but uh, I will say, yeah, he was just kind of generic. Um, yeah. you know, he, he seemed a little bit too, like, it was almost like listening to like a high school guy do, do like public address announcing for a, a major league game. Uh, you know, he wasn't exactly the voice of God. I'll say that, um, you know, sure. it, it, he was, he did fine, but just kind of generic, really nothing to write home about. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, at first, obviously like, you know, at first you're like, I, I don't know what to make of this guy. I mean, I, I thought he was fine. Um, but yeah, non unremarkable, which I don't know, maybe is, is like tech, like maybe there's something to be said for that's what the PA guy should be is unremarkable, but like, you know, he's not a Gene Honda. Um, he's not a Bob Shepard, uh, for the, for the Yankees. Number two, Derek Jeter, Jeter. I actually don't like that guy, but I didn't no. know. Yeah. But you know, don't, don't let any New York Yankees fans hear that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I don't know. Um, and honestly, the Cubs PA guys haven't been that remarkable, like over the years. Um, so it's just something getting used to. Um, I kind of, yeah, I did. I didn't dislike them, but again, just, I, I, there's nothing that I would, you know, put my foot down and say, you can't replace this guy. So I don't know. We'll see how the season goes with that guy. Um, so Jeremy, you mentioned that you you didn't I, I didn't know this, but um, you know you said the press box was painted green and it had had not been painted green the previous season. Was it painted green on opening day? Uh, so I, I couldn't tell that. You don't you don't have like the memory of it, like because it used to be just like kind of like you know. Grayish. Was it like a gray? Was it was it like gray colored? Yeah, kind it of? was more like kind of like that. I because I think like kind of like the walls, like the the like when you're in the upper deck, like any sort of like. I don't know. I think maybe the upper deck walls or something are painted like uh, this, like kind of like lightish grayish color. Uh-huh. Um, so the, 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 the press box was like that color. I don't sure. know if it, uh, I don't know if that was just the natural color of the material that they used or whatever, but, but it was painted green this time, kind of giving like, kind of like uh, Fenway park vibes a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, in my whole life, it's never been painted green. It's always been that, that same kind of like, I think, I guess it was like a, grayish like light grayish color or whatever um so that was kind of a shock to see uh just um i i liked it i I liked the how it looked yeah and it it said marquee network uh below jd and uh boog so yeah i thought it looked sharp yeah yeah they usually put the like yeah the like station identifier in front of the 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 booth because the uh the radio had 670 the score and for years it had wgn radio um but uh but yeah so no i liked it too it's uh, just like i don't know like 
just natural, like just green naturally complements the the baseball uh, stadium, just because I guess of the grass. But uh, but yeah, I, I I it was weird. It's just I mean it's 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 such a weird thing. Like it's, uh, my whole life, it's been that color, and it's I, it's like it's never occurred to me that's like oh you could paint this a different color. It was just like I always just <laughs> was like this is what it is, uh, and to see it green, it was like was weird. And I don't know if it was green on opening day. I'm I'm trying to think like because I'm like they had to have shown like a shot of the press box during the first two homestands like on tv i don't remember seeing it green so i'm wondering if they painted it just for uh this homestand uh, like f- starting with this homestand uh, again i'm sure there's something about it on from the tribune or something online i just didn't look it up but uh but yeah it was it was kind of shocking just again my whole life it's been that other color so yeah well, uh, something I've never seen before, um, you know, I've seen it at Wrigley most of the time now, actually. They just do the canned footage for the seventh inning stretch. But I don't think at a game I've ever seen a canned video of a national anthem being sung. Yeah. Um, but that, that's what we got for, for this game. I, I understand that it was a, it kind of an impromptu game, but they, they played a, a video of Wayne Mesmer singing the national anthem from a completely different game where it was sunny outside. I mean, he wasn't. That wasn't even from a game. That they filmed that specially because he's standing like he, he was standing like between second and third base, like in the in the dirt. Uh, so oh he, yeah, and there was come to think of it, there was nobody in the stands in that video. I almost thought it was from like the 2020 COVID season, but uh-huh. um, yeah, maybe it was just like they filmed it so if they had nobody, they could show that. Yeah, yeah, I think they just I think they just filmed that specially um, because it had like the same. It's it was definitely filmed this year because they had like. The same stand, like uh, uh, ads in the outfield. I was actually wondering if it was like filmed, like you know, the day before or something. Um, but uh, but yeah, so like yeah, that was weird. Like on opening day when I was there, there was someone who sang it from the stands, uh, like a a healthcare worker who could also sing. It's always always weird when they get like another like a non singer who. Do you can re- sing. do you remember the do you remember the singing firefighter? Yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah, it yeah. was like right after nine eleven, and he was like singing the national anthem at like Yankees games. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. so so that was that was odd. Um, I'll say this, Jeremy. I mean, come, on, it's like this is the Cubs, man. This is this is a professional baseball team. Can't they <laughs> call up somebody from like the Lyric Opera or like you know a grad student from like Columbia College's? Well, I don't actually. Columbia College probably doesn't have a gra- graduate program or wherever. They're, they're, you know, some call. This is Chicago. Call up somebody like a, an agency who is a singer and bring somebody here to play the national anthem. Can't they get anybody on short notice? Is it that hard? Well, I don't think it was. I don't think that was the problem. Jack. I think it's just strictly like just a COVID thing. Like I think that they're maybe just trying to limit. Like it which doesn't make sense because there's people in the stands. But I, if I had to guess, I don't think it was like a short notice thing. I think it was just that they. Um, you know, it must have been. I, I think it was some sort of COVID uh, measure. I think. No, I I, I, I would I would agree with that. Um, yeah, you know, it is funny um, though. But hey, uh, so yeah, we got we got we treated to some Wayne Mesmer uh, uh, can national anthem. I actually I like Wayne Mesmer though. He does a good uh, does a good national anthem. Um, yeah, no, he sounded as good uh, on tape as he does in person. So I yeah, <laughs> you know, so that was good. Yeah. So so Jeremy, um, you know, you mentioned. Uh, uh, as as the game was about to begin, that it was uh, basically tantamount to playing in front of nobody. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, to, yeah, to go back to what you're saying, Jack, like you know, there we didn't see people uh, uh, walking up to the stadium. Uh, obviously, an impromptu daytime Tuesday uh, game. 
uh, isn't going to necessarily get uh, a crowd, even a crowd that's already like 25% uh, capacity. So like there was, there was no one there. And like, you know, they play like the hype video, like um, they, yeah. So this year it's um, uh, like in the past, they've done like imagine dragons or whatever, uh, which isn't that great. um, If you ask me, (laughs) Um, but they did one now this year. I don't know who the artist is, but they do. It's a cover of um, "Come Together" by the Beatles, um, and uh, you know they're showing the highlights and everything. And it's kind of it's like "Come Together" right now over me, and then it's like so me is like the Cubs, I guess. You know. Um, anyway, they play this thing to try to hype up the fans, and like it played, and it was just, just like just like one person clapping. It it would reminded me of um, in Major League when it's like. You know, like, and now, like, taking your fi- the field, your starting lineup for your Cleveland Indians, and then, like, you know, no one claps, and then Bob Uecker and, and Monty have to <laughs> clap and make it sound like <laughs> the crowd is clapping. It was like that. I'm like, I, and, you know, and as a Cubs fan, going into this game thinking, like, okay, they're going to face Kershaw. Um, they, they suck in general, and they're going to face, like, one of the best pitchers, like, in baseball right now, defending world champions, like this is going to be a long after, like painful afternoon, and the crowd was dead, and it was just like this is this is a bad omen, um, but uh, but yeah, so uh, you know, it turned out to be better than I expected, but uh, at at first the crowd was dead, and it was like yeah, this is this is about the same amount of fan support that they would that they got all of last year as well, so. Well, uh, yeah, I'll say when they when they were playing that that video, um, you know, maybe for the first four guys. Uh, so the first four guys in the Cubs lineup were Contreras, Bryant, Rizzo, and Baez. So like each of those guys got a, a healthy amount of cheers. But then once you got to numbers five through nine in the order, it was just like it just fell off a cliff. It started with Matt Duffy, and from there it just got worse. It was Bodie, Marisnik, and Ildemaro Vargas, who was I think playing his first game of the season with the Cubs, maybe yep. his second. Um, so yeah, it's just, uh, you know, you got a healthy applause for those first four guys and then, you know, real top heavy Cubs order. It's just, you know, and it's got to suck for those guys who are, uh, you know, like Matt Duffy, you know, it just really puts him in his place when he, it's like a wrestler who's not over with the crowd, as they say, you know, yeah. he just comes out and he gets absolutely no reaction. That That's what, that's what Matt Duffy got. Matt Duffy is not over with the Cubs crowd at all. No. No, they don't know who he is. So, and, <laughs> and, and you know, just like Chris Shaw, there's no reason for them to either. No. Um, so you look at the lineup that the Cubs had, and it seemed like all Kershaw was going to need to have to do was, um, you know, was get through those first four guys, and then it was it was gravy for him. Uh, as we mentioned, this was a matchup of Game Six of the NLCS uh, in 2016, which was pretty exciting. We saw Kershaw. Um, warming up in the stand, uh, in the outfield, long tossing before yep. the game, and he actually airmailed one of his uh, one of his throws to the catcher, his long tosses, and almost threw it in the crowd. The ball ended up ricocheting off like the right field uh, uh, wall in like foul territory. So that was kind of a bad omen for him. It, it would turn. Um, it, it would, would turn, turn out, out to be. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, we might as well just say it right now that Kershaw, it was the worst outing of his career. Objectively, he had, uh, it was the first time he had, it was the shortest outing shortest of his career. Outing, yeah. 
Yeah, it was um, it, it, the first time in 13 years that he'd given up that many runs in the first inning. I think he'd given up like five runs in the first inning in 2009 or something like that, uh, 2010. So it, it had been a long time. It was his, his worst outing in a very long time, and he just blamed it on being bad. So, you know, sometimes you go to a game like that, you think you're seeing Hendricks and, and Kershaw, you're going to see a cool pitcher's duel, and then Kershaw pitches one inning, throws 40 pitches, and he's done for the day. So the game yeah. is absolutely not... Um, not what you expect, but I guess they say that's uh, that's that's why they play the game. Well, Jack, I have uh, I should say that I'll, I could get into this now too. I I'm like a, an ace killer when I go to these games because I um I feel like I've there's been plenty of games. Maybe these ones just stand out more, but like I've been to so I've been to plenty of games where I've been like anticipating the the starter, and then they they have like a particularly bad outing. Um, uh, I. I remember seeing Matt Harvey back. I feel like I saw like the first game of Matt Harvey's decline uh, with the Mets um, <clears throat> back in uh, 2015. Maybe it was. Um, he was. Uh, uh, there was a whole big thing like Happy Harvey Day. Like people are like um, like putting signs up and everything. Uh, and uh, and he had a horrible game. And I feel like that was kind of like the beginning of the end for him. Um, I'm trying to think of who else I saw that had bad like. Um, I think Roy Halladay I saw have a really bad game, um, and uh, uh, certainly uh, I remember we went to I, I I remember we went to a Sox Astros game and I was kind of looking forward to seeing Dallas Keuchel and then he got like knocked around um, in in one in, in in that game. Uh, but I was looking Jack it, this this poor performance um, by Kershaw. So Kershaw went one inning, yeah, like four runs, um, uh, all earned. Um, it prompted me to go back and look at my um, history of seeing Kershaw versus the Cubs. And uh, so I saw him uh, in that NLCS game where he got rocked around pretty good. And I saw him pitch um, in 2015 as well against the Cubs. So I did. I, I figured it out. And his ERA um, in games versus the Cubs when I've seen him is a whopping 762. Um, Jesus. So, so yeah, I'm, uh, you know, if, if Kershaw knows that I'm the – you know, common thread in all those games. He's going to have me barred from the stadium. Um, of course, we did see him uh, face the White Sox uh, in what was that, 2018, Jack? Or 2017? Yes, it was. It was 20, uh, 2017. 2017. 2017. 2017. And of course, he goes, he, that, that one throws off my whole ERA. He, if, if you throw that one in there, he went seven innings, no runs. That knocks it down to a 495. So I got to throw that one out just to make the, the ERA look worse. But, uh, but yeah, 762 <laughs> versus the Cubs. Clayton Kershaw is when I'm in attendance. So yeah, you know, I, I, making you're too welcome. many wrestling wrestling references tonight, there, Jeremy. It's you're like one of those wrestling wrestlers who has like tons of nicknames. You know, Ric Flair would always say that he was like the kiss stealing, wheeling dealing, you know, son of a gun. <laughs> it's like you're the you're the ace killing, prospect whispering, true blue Chicagoan, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'll there take all go. those. Yeah, I'll take all those. <laughs> Um, all right, so there you go. Yeah, Jeremy. So next next time I go to a game with you and an ace is an ace is on tap to pitch, I'll know not to get too excited. Yeah, for um, sure. Uh, so yeah, um, uh, in, in this new age of of going to baseball games, it's different for both ushers and vendors in terms of the the jobs that they have to do. It's kind of a new normal at baseball stadiums. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And yeah, vendors specifically, um, like. Uh, so I talked about this at my at the, at the opening day, um, and we we had it at. Uh, do do we get into it at the alternate site game? 
about the um, food vendor? We didn't you know, really... we really didn't, but there there was a food vendor at that game who was confused yeah. as to as to what was going on. Yeah, and so it happened again uh, this time as well. Um, you know, I, I mean, just so fans, if you have not been to a game this year, um, uh, what you're going to see is a bunch of vendors walking around looking confused um, because you can now order on your phone, and I think... You know, so at the um, at the alternate site game, that was the only way you could get food. Um, at the Cubs games, the stands are open and you can go. You just can't pay with cash. But you also have the option. We talked about this for the opening day. Is you can have someone bring you your food, or you can order your food and then pick it up from the stand um, on your phone. You can order it on your phone. So when you order it um, to be brought to you, you have to put in your section, your row, and your seat number. And if you've been to a game. Uh, certainly if you've been to a game and you're me, you, all you, all you can do, you have, you like short circuit because all you see is are people walking around saying like, is this section 414? Is this section 412? And like, thank God the Cubs like fixed, um, their sections. Cause it used to be split. It's like the aisle, the aisle actually went through the middle of the section as opposed to like demarcating like sections, which you would think it would. So to, to the credit of some of the, the fans, it didn't really make sense. You assume that you walk to an aisle and the, the seats between two aisles is one section. It wasn't. The aisle actually went through the middle of the section. So people are always fucking confused. And as someone, uh, as a little shit like me who goes to the games and know, knows everything, I would just see these people and I'd be like, no, this isn't at Force 14. 14 is that way. This is half 414 and half 413, whatever. Um, so, but fans have to put in their seat, their, their seat numbers into the, the app. And I don't know. Do, I don't know if these people are ordering like, you know, fucking like four or five beers to their seats. Do they really know what, what where they're sitting? Like most people like don't even know. Most people just sit down and they're like, oh, this must be my seat. Uh, like, you know, um, or they're not or they're like, you know, sitting in someone else's seats, whatever. So these ushers are these these vendors are like, OK, someone ordered a hot dog and a beer to section uh, 414. Uh, and they go to the section where the person says it and there's like no one there. And then they're like looking around. They're like, huh? Huh? And it's like you feel bad for these guys. Um, and if you like catch an usher, I bet like, you know, like five times out of ten, you're going to see them like looking confused because someone put in like the wrong section. And so that's what that's what we saw. And and sadly, it's it's it, if I, I don't know if it's going to stay like this beyond this year, but like it's like the new normal for for vendors. And so you know, I, you, you kind of feel for them a little bit, uh, because they have to like work the machine. Like they have to like, um, you can like flag a vendor down and buy something from them, but you have to pay with your card. So all he does is pull out like this, like phone basically. And he's looking at it and you're trying to like pay with your card and it's just a mess and people don't, no one, no one knows it yet. And so people are still learning. And so it's leading to a lot of confusion. And, um, yeah, so we, we would see like a vendor go to a section the person wasn't there and then he'd have to like look around. He's like, who the hell ordered this hot dog? Like, you know, what am I going to do with this? Um, luckily the people pay for it already. So if you, if you're dumb enough to put in the wrong section, you just, you screwed yourself out of the food. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's going to be a thing. It's going to be a running theme here for 2021. Well, and Jeremy, it, it's, it's unfortunate for some of these guys who would sort of develop their own, um, their own gimmicks, their own characters, yeah, sure. you know, like there was that one guy and he would work both, uh, North and South side games. He would go, hot dogs. You remember that yeah. guy? Oh yeah. You I, know, what the yes. hell, what the hell is that guy going to do in this, in this new age of just ordering oh. something on your app and somebody brings it to you? 
You know? I can't say I miss that guy, honestly, because that, that guy was like <laughs> okay, loud okay, and yeah. fucking obnoxious. But um, I, what he'll be doing is saving his vocal cords for, for, you know, when he's a grandfather, he can talk to his kids without sounding like a fucking, like, you know, grizzled pirate or something. But, um, but yeah, no, I mean, yeah, it's like, that was kind of interesting, right, Jack? It's like, we didn't hear anyone like yelling like, hot dog, cut, you know, uh, beer, 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 light beer, whatever. Like, um, so I, I suppose that that kind of every once in a while when we would get a weirdo, it would definitely give us material to talk about. So that's one thing that we're, we're lacking. So, you know, and then, you know, and I guess that probably also cuts down to like the, um, you know, the vendor drama where it's like, yeah, she's got me on light on, on Bud tonight, you know? And like, I thought you were on Bud yesterday. I thought you were done with Bud. And he's like, I am done with Bud. Like, we're not going <laughs> to get any more of that, you know? That's it. That's all she wrote. And then, <laughs> hey, I'll give, I'll, I'll give Sam Eagle credit. I don't think we ever saw him at the, uh, at that park after, I forget if that was on the North or the South side, Jeremy. That, but, was, at, uh, that was at the, yeah. at US Cellular. <laughs> yeah. yeah we never we never saw him there again so it truly yeah, was was all she wrote but yeah um and i hadn't really thought about that jeremy but that's a big part of the ballpark ambiance is yeah. just those vendors um yelling you know yelling their product out out into the air so um you know there, i, I kind of there will bring new drama for sure of like you know this fucking guy ordered you know t- 12 hot dogs and he put in the wrong section i was walking around forever with those damn dogs you know so that'll be <laughs> stuff like that hopefully yeah, let's uh, well, let's hope so. We'll have to see how it, how it plays out. The more we uh, the more we go, um, Jeremy. I uh, I was gonna mention this d- during the first game, but I, I was thinking about it. So you know, if you ever watch Family Feud and somebody says something, gives a stupid answer to Steve Harvey on there, Steve mm-hmm. Harvey will go, "Your ass on YouTube." Um, I, I feel like it, when when we hear mm-hmm. um, when we hear fans just say stupid stuff, especially if they say a few stupid things in succession. It's it's just like, dude, your ass on rain delay theater. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, it's just your ass on fucking rain delay theater, man. And this, there was a guy, you know, sure enough, sitting to our left, um, whose whose ass is now going to be on rain delay theater. The first thing he said was directed at Justin Turner. Um, Jeremy, what what did he what did he say, man? I, I tried, I heard it, uh, I just I couldn't make out exactly well, what he said. Again, like it, just like the way that that guy called. Um, uh, Ronaldo Lopez, Arenado Lopez. Like I'm just, I'm just trying to loosely transcribe what I heard, um, like phonetically even. So like to me, it sounded like he said, "Justin, you may be good at baseball, but at least you're not a ginger." But it's like <laughs> he is a ginger, I, and I maybe, and I'm like, I was thinking like maybe he did say that, and he was, he was trying to be like ironic or something. Like it's like, oh, but at least you're not a ginger. Oh wait, you are a ginger. Like. That almost seems too much like a like a misdirect though, like a comedic misdirect for this guy, because obviously, this guy is not the sharpest tool in the shed. He's 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 yelling stuff at, at, at a game, just like nonsense, like like uh, antagonistic stuff. And you know, we prefer to say it, uh, you know, to ourselves under our breath, and then on a podcast. But this guy was yelling it out uh, to 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 no one, to to players who obviously couldn't hear him because he's like two rows he's like two rows away from the last row in the stadium so i don't think justin turner heard him uh even with the 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 smaller capacity crowd but yeah it was something like that it's like you may be good at baseball but at least you're not a ginger and so like i guess first of all his his comedic angle is that gingers are like i mean like was he going he's going for like the red-headed stepchild kind of like stereotype or something like the like the freak like red-headed you know guy or something like I mean, you know, there's, there's, hey, there are plenty of angles to take for Justin Turner. Um, 
But, uh, I mean, being a red, like, he's good at baseball. I don't like him. I hate him. It, it, it bothers me to say he's good at baseball, but he's good at baseball. So, like, I don't know what the angle there was. Like, there, there's a better, there's, there's plenty of ways to, uh, to antagonize Justin Turner if that's what you choose to do. Um, I, I agree, Jeremy. So that, that was, uh, that was a good one, um, to start off with. Uh, but, but the, he said something that just, that bothered, bothered me. He said, um, so after Jimmy Nelson came into the game, so let, let's also say that, uh, this guy had like a buddy with him and his buddy <laughs> was just like some pathetic, like Igor to like, he was the Igor to this guy's Frankenstein. You know, he was just gonna, he was going to completely sell everything this guy said and was just going to laugh at everything he said. And so, so Jimmy Nelson comes into the game for the Dodgers, uh, as a reliever and uh, after the public addresser announced, like, yeah, now coming into pitch, Jimmy Nelson. And this guy goes, who's that? And, okay. like, uh, I'll say this, man. Um, if you're trying to be funny and you're trying to yell something at a game, maybe you should at least kind of know what you're talking about. Um, yeah. I mean, Jimmy Nelson's been pitching since 2013 for the Brewers. You know, he, had a, he was in the rotation for a couple of years. He had a season where he started in 2016. He started 32 games for the, for the Brewers. So this guy has pitched uh, against the Cubs a lot. He's been around the league for a while. And if you're any kind of Cubs fan, you should maybe at least if you're if you're going to yell stuff like you know what you're talking about, you should maybe at least know who who Jimmy Nelson is, even <laughs> if he has missed the last couple years due to injury. Um, you shouldn't just look like a complete ass by saying, who's that? Like, like, <laughs> come on, man. You're just you're just you're just trying to be funny here. So just, you know, uh, just just for this guy's ignorance alone, like the dude lost all credibility with me right there. And well, I'll also say for the yeah. Justin Turner thing that yeah. brevity is the soul of wit. And oh, like yeah. what what he said with the Justin Turner thing was like you know it was like about fifteen words long. If you're gonna oh, yell yeah. something, uh, hey, the who's that? At least that's a little bit better in terms of like being short and to the point. But yeah. if you yell something, man, you can't yell like a sonnet. It just loses all. Uh, it just loses all effectiveness. Yeah, no, I mean, like, he start. I don't know if it was that one or something else, but he started yelling something. It was like, hey, and I, I just, I like leaned into you and I'm like, too long. It's just, it's too long. Like, whatever he was yelling is just too long to be effective or witty or clever or whatever. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, as far as the Jimmy Nelson thing goes, it's like, it's so much more interesting to yell something specific um, about Jimmy. Like, Jimmy Nelson, uh, here, here, I got one for you. Um, you know, you're not getting a double Jimmy, you know, like something like that, like to reference um, how he rounded second base <laughs> do, do, or first base, dove back into first and separated his arm and ruined his career. Like, you know, you could say something like that. It's like settle for the single like that. There you go. That's right there, uh, dude. Like that's free of charge. You can take that. Yell that at Jimmy Nelson whenever you want. It probably would hurt his feelings if you heard it. Uh, mission accomplished. Uh, but who's that is like and, you know, honestly, like use that for a guy who really is like um unknown it's like use it for alex vesia who came in the game after jimmy gonna, nelson i was gonna say alex Vezia, like you know use it for him the guy like that was his second um of appearance in of his career i think like that makes sense to like to yell who's that to, to that guy but jimmy nelson has like been around it's like there's plenty of specific things you could yell you know you could even say like like you know go get him little jimmy like i don't know like something like you know uh so yeah, it was it was a misfire. This guy just just he wasn't firing on all on all cylinders, and um, it to to make matters worse, yeah, he had his little buddy with him, uh, who was like I'm sure like 
I'm sure part of it was like, he was like doing it for him. He's like, I got to make this guy laugh, you know? Like, um, so it was pretty sad. Jack, do you, um, you're not, are you, um, uh, a kids in the hall fan? I, I used to watch them a little bit. Do you remember, um, there's, uh, that character that, uh, Bruce McCullough does. He's like, cause Bruce McCullough is like pretty short and, uh, he like does the guy, he's like always fighting with, um, uh, uh, Mark McKinney plays his like girlfriend and they're always like fighting. He's like, come on, baby, take me back. And uh, she's like, Oh no, baby, you're not getting any of this baby. And like, she's like, it's, it's, they're always like, he's always, she's always like walking away from him and he was always like trying to get her back. Um, but, uh, his Kevin McDonald, uh, plays his sidekick. Kevin McDonald is, is my favorite, uh, uh, kid, kid in the hall. Um, but he plays, uh, he plays, uh, this character sidekick and he's just like that little crony who like laughs at everything that uh, that Bruce McCullough's character does, and he wears like uh, he wears a Redskins uh, jersey or a Redskins jacket, like a big Redskins jacket. And he always has a fountain coke in his hand, and that's like part of his like character. And so like imagine like this little like crony guy with this like goofy Redskins jacket and a fountain soda, like a big fountain soda in his hand. And it's like that's who like. That was that was the dynamic that these two guys had. It was it was pretty funny. <laughs> um, all right, I'll I'll have to look up uh, some kids in the hall now. I, I, those sketches do seem to still hold up. Some of them. Oh um, yeah, it's great stuff. Great stuff. He uh, this guy. I will to this guy's credit. He did have one when Edwin Rios pinch hit for the Dodgers. He said Alex was the better Rios. I mean, if if anything, that's that's too dated. Um, you know, Alex Rio, Alex Rios hasn't played in, in, you know, probably six or seven years. And Hey, the only reason the guy knew who Alex Rios was is because he spent some time with the White Sox. I guarantee you that. I guarantee you that, um, that, uh, you know, he didn't, uh, he just got lucky that he knew a guy, you know, (laughs) it's like, Oh man. He's like, there was a guy on the White Sox name. He might've even Googled it. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but like he got, he got lucky on that one that he had something. Um, cause that, that did have some sort of semblance of, of, uh, um, you know, cleverness, I guess. Um, if I'm being generous, um, uh, so at, at some point at, at one point, uh, Jake Marisnik and this guy was a Cubs fan. He had a Cubs jacket on at some point, Jake Marisnik got hit by a pitch. Um, and he goes like, take your base. And like, but it's like, it sounded antagonistic. Like it sounded like, um, as if like, you know, uh, a guy on the opposing team was like, you know, maybe got hit and then was like maybe staring down the pitcher and you would yell like, Hey, take your base. But he yelled it at Jake Marisnik. It's like, Hey, the guy got hurt. Like it happened. He got hit in the wrist. It's like, you count like thousand one, thousand two. And then like, and then he goes like, take your base. It's like, he didn't even give him a chance to like shake it off. I'm like. And I said to Jack, I'm like, that was a pro Cubs chant or a, Cub, a pro Cubs like yell that that guy did. And it's like, it didn't sound like it. Um, so this guy is again, just all over the place. Um, I went up and got some food, Jack. And uh, this must've been like, you said that the Rios thing, cause I missed the Rios at bat. So yeah. um, I was uh, coming back from getting food and uh, I heard, I was going up the stairs and I was, I bought, I got uh, a cheeseburger fries and a water and I was coming up. And I heard the guy, the guy goes, another one? And for a second, <laughs> I thought he was talking about me, like making like a joke, which actually is kind of funny. That actually would be like a funny joke to say if you were trying to embarrass somebody. Like, you know, if like as if I like this is my like second or third cheeseburger uh, and fry 
platter that I've gotten. And like he was saying, like, another one? Like, that's pretty funny, but there is absolutely, I guarantee you with any money that I own, which isn't much, uh, would I would I would guarantee you that that is not what that guy was trying to do. But it, it accidentally, like, if you, if you assign a certain um, meaning to it, it would have been pretty funny, but I guarantee you that's not what he was going for there. That burger looked uh, it looked okay, Jeremy. It looked like when I I heard you biting into the bun, the bun sounded kind of crispy. So I was like <laughs> I was like, yeah, that looked that looks like looked like kind of a tasty burger you had. You heard the crisp that Jack? That is crazy. Yeah, dude, I heard I heard how crispy that bun is, man. I don't know if my ears were just super sensitive that day. You know, usually oh my, my hearing's God. not that great, but yeah, man, I could swear when I heard you bite into that, I heard the crispiness of the bun. Was it a crispy bun? Was dude, I right, Jack? That is hilarious. It it was crispy. I mean, <laughs> but not crispy. Like, I mean, you don't really want a crispy <laughs> bun, Jack. So like, it was kind of weird. Like, so it, it was. Yeah, we can get into this. So I I got a burger and fries. And if listeners, if you recall, I also got a burger um, at the previous game. uh, And I was getting a burger at the alternate site game because I was chasing the burger that I had on opening day, which was really good. If you recall, it was the same burger that I got when I was waiting in line and met Chris Chelios. Um, But uh, but yeah, so I'm like, I'm going back to the Cubs game. I'm getting another burger. And hey, listen, I get it. Burgers, classic uh, baseball meal, you know. Uh, buy me some burgers and cracker jacks, you know. Um, so burgers is, you know, first thing you think about when you think about baseball. Um, but uh, I'm a burger guy, you know. So I'll go burger over hot dog. Um, okay. And uh, and so yeah, it was good. It was it was better than the one at the uh, alternate site game. And uh, but they normally wrap it, and like opening day, it was wrapped. Today uh, or yesterday, when I when I got it at the game, it was in a basket, like where the bun was like on the side, and so just like with anything else, it was probably sitting under a heat lamp for a while, and it it, it kind of dried out the bun, so the bun was crunchy, and uh, I didn't I didn't I didn't want to like admit it because I didn't want to say like oh this is stale, but god damn it if you didn't hear the crunch when I put <laughs> in that 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 bun jack this is a this is uh, blowing my mind a little bit, but totally busted on that one yeah hey it was hey crunchy. I. I was gonna say I was a little jealous, man, because like a, cr- a cr- crunchy, a little bit crunchier of a bun. I like when my bun is toasted a little bit. So uh... to- toasted good. This was this was kind of dried out. So it kinda, okay, you know, it didn't ruin it because it was good. Yeah, totally. A nice toasted bun is is, is I'm all for that for sure. Uh, but this was a little little beyond that. So it it, it kind of lost some points there. Still good though. <laughs> Um, a couple of uh, fan things with, with balls happened. Um, first of all, uh, some guy behind home plate, I think it was Baez or I don't know, somebody fouled the ball off and it went um, behind home plate into the second deck. And uh, a guy caught it with his bare hand. He made a really nice play on it. Yeah. Um, JD and Boog were kind of like, uh, you know, giving him some props up from the press box. It was sort of right in front of the press box that the catch was made. Uh, and the ball was not hit softly. Nope. So the guy, the guy made a pretty good play on it, despite how hard it was hit. Um, you know, and it was one of those things where the whole stadium kind of applauded for him when it was caught. Yeah, definitely. It was like to the side just a little bit, and he was able to, um, to kind of, yeah, just make a nice play on it. And um, you know, they were, uh, yeah, we we could see Boog and, and and JD looking at him, and so like we knew that they were talking about him on TV. And I watched the replay of the game last night a little bit, a couple innings, and. Uh, they certainly were showing him and, you know, you, it's kind of one of those things where like, you know, you, you dream of having that kind of uh, uh, moment happen to you and people thinking like, oh man, this guy just made an awesome catch. Like that's, that's pretty, you know, that's, that's, that's pretty dope. Uh, but um, 
you know, you know, and like, you know, there are some guys who will milk it and it's like, all right, buddy, you know, enough. This guy actually was being pretty cool about it. He wasn't really milking it. Um, uh, just celebrating with his fan, with his friends and whatnot. And, uh, then, then they showed it like on the scoreboard too, like later on in the game. And it's like, okay, this, let's, you know, let's not give this guy a big head. Um, but it was, uh, it was a pretty good play. Um, so, uh, yeah, he was, he definitely, you know, showed, they showed him on TV a lot. They were talking about him. So, and so, yeah, there, there was another, uh, another fan incident. Um, yeah. uh, it was a Kiebert Ruiz Homer. Uh, so I was actually just reading about this guy today, Jeremy. So he's a, he was a catching prospect mm-hmm. for the Dodgers. Pretty exciting that we got to see him actually. He's one of the, it seems like he's one of the top prospects in baseball. Certainly yeah. one of the top, ca- uh, probably the, uh, uh, there was an article in the athletic, I think it was today or yesterday, like talking about all the top position player prospects in baseball. Mm-hmm. And the two catchers they talked about were Adley Rushman and this guy, Kiebert Ruiz. So yeah. the guy is, a, he's like a legit prospect that's coming up. Uh, and he pinch hit in the seventh inning for the Dodgers. Um, he wasn't listed on our roster, so he must have been called up for the doubleheader. And he hit a home run, I think, on the first pitch he saw. I, I believe I'm not it was totally the first sure pitch. about that. Yeah, yeah I think so. It was. Yeah, so first pitch home run, and I know he'd hit a he hit a home run in his first at bat of last season too. So um, yeah, it was cool to see. It was a no doubter. He hit it from the left side of the plate, but uh, so we went into the right field bleachers, and uh, what happened was a dad uh, grabbed the ball and then gave it to his like three or four year old kid, and he lifted his three or four year old kid up and took him down right to the uh, front of the bleachers, right by the basket. And then his, like, I guess he told his kid to throw the ball into the uh, outfield. And so the kid uh, left-handedly um, threw the ball, uh, threw the ball back to, um, yeah, into the, into the outfield. Um, so this guy made his kid throw the mm-hmm. ball back. And Jeremy, I, uh, I, uh, I was reading on Twitter this morning. So this clip kind of went viral. You can look it up uh, if you want to folks. Um, and you know, so, somebody who posted it, there were about 150 comments and all of these Cubs fans were just praising this guy. Like, yeah, that's what you do. Like you're raising your kid. Right. And then yeah. there was one, one reasonable person who was like, yeah, uh, catching a home run is a once in a lifetime, uh, thing. And you know, this guy just made his kid throw it back and everybody yeah. was like, Oh no, like that was a Kiebert Ruiz home run. It's just going to end up in the back of his closet somewhere. It means nothing. And then like people just blasted this guy for saying, what I think is the reasonable thing. I, you know, I've been to <laughs> 250 baseball games in my life, at least. I've never even come close to catching a home run ball, heck, even mm-hmm. a foul ball. Um, and so, like, people were just praising this. Like, oh, it's such a great tradition. Like, if you hate this, it just means your team doesn't have any traditions. It's stupid, Jeremy. It's a dumb tradition, <laughs> and I hate it. And I would never, ever throw a home run ball back if I got one in Wrigley Field. Um, well, I sure as hell would bring a dummy ball back with me <laughs> or with me and, uh, throw that one back. Cause I, I also would not want to throw back a home run. Um, yeah, Jack. And as a Cubs fan, this one, this one I'm torn about, honestly, because like, um, uh, you know, it's like, I'll say this most of the people. Yeah, sure. Why not? I'll generalize this. Most of the people in the bleachers are idiots anyway. Like, if you care about the game, you don't sit in the bleachers. <laughs> so there you go. Um, and uh, and that goes for my tie guy too. I, sorry. Yeah, I um, don't see why not. Yeah, but so okay, so there's that. All right, the 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 tradition um, for of throwing back a home run ball, in the sense that it's like spitting in the face of the team who just got a home run off of you. Uh, I'm I you know I can I can I can um, kind of get on board with that sentiment. Okay. So there's that. Um, 
would I like do anything for a ball? Yes. Would I step in front of my friend and co like co-host uh, for a ball? Yeah, absolutely. I would. Uh, I have done it. And, um, uh, you know, I, so I think like, um, I don't know. It's a tough one. I would, um, I would definitely like it's at some point in recent years, people have been spotted switching the ball out and throwing like a different ball back. Um, that is what I would do, uh, because I would want to keep a home run, uh, from anybody, um, especially Kiebert Ruiz, who's yeah. And so like, I, the people who are saying it's a Kiebert Ruiz Homer, it's like this guy may be one of the top catchers in baseball in like a year or two. So like you would be pretty, and it's his second career Homer. Like you would be pretty, if this guy goes on to like, you know, set any sort of records as a catcher for home runs, you're going to wish that you had his second home run ball of his career. Um, so, so yeah, like it's, it's bad. Um, in the sense of just if, if I take out all judgment of like um, of just the act itself um, and just analyze that specific situation, like that specific event, um, I'm still torn because it's like it's also kind of messed up because it's like the kid had no no say over whether he got to keep it or not. Like the kid probably would have wanted to keep it um, even to play with. Um, but uh the dad just like was like throw it back and it's like the kid had no say in the situation i bet like in years you know maybe in years later he'll share the same sentiment as us and be like dad why'd you make me throw that ball back i hate you i hate baseball <laughs> um you know uh i'm gonna smash your car or whatever um so uh you know uh that's kind of a weird thing too it 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 worked it worked perfectly I, i'll say the execution of it itself couldn't have gone better. Like the kid threw it. It actually went over the wall. Like the kid, he ran the kid down. Like there wasn't like it, it. He wasn't like debate. He wasn't like coercing the kid. It all happened like so quick. He ran the kid down. We knew you, we saw him carrying the kid down. We knew exactly what was going to happen. The kid actually threw the ball on command. He made it over the wall. So from an execution standpoint, it just turned out really great. Jack, do you remember what I said to you after it happened? I do not. I said, we're going to be seeing that forever. Like that's, that's going to be, <laughs> that's going to be like a, a famous clip. We're going to see that forever. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, they showed it. Um, they showed it yesterday uh, in the recap after game two. Um, it uh, just, I don't know. It was a, it was a, it, you know, a, a more laid back uh, podcast would have like, just been like, ah, what a, what a great moment. Um, I think we're both conflicted about it at, at best. Uh, Jack, I'll say this. Do you know, did you catch what jersey that guy was wearing? Kyle Farnsworth. Kyle Farnsworth, 44. Okay, I'll, I'll give the guy a little bit of credit for that. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's that's a pretty deep cut. Uh, I, I had mentioned uh, the other day that I, you know, saw a guy wearing a Kosuke Fukudome jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like at some point, um, you know, a jersey can only be worn ironically, even if you're yeah. not wearing it ironically. Fukudome is definitely at that point. Uh, so is Farnsworth. Like, you know, people see Farnsworth and they're just like, oh yeah, the crazy guy who just like fights people. Um, so yeah, I will, I'll give the guy credit for that. That's a pretty good Jersey to wear to a game. So, you know, credit, credit, credit where it's due. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, that was, uh, yeah, good, good call there by that guy. Um, so, you know, uh, I do, I think we're going to be seeing that, that clip though forever. Um, uh, so you know, uh, one thing I didn't talk about um, about opening day was um, some of the video board uh, stuff that they showed. Um, we, d- we didn't have it written down here, Jack, but they did kind of like this kind of like home run derby kind of game. Uh, 
it was like 8-bit video game graphics, so it kind of looked like RBI Baseball a little bit. Maybe a little nicer than RBI. Maybe more like Ken Griffey Jr. Super Nintendo graphics. But it was a home run derby between Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo that was just like... It was like the big fly, like it was a video game, but no one was actually playing it. It was like kind of pre-programmed. And um, it was Rizzo versus Bryant, a head-to-head in a home run derby. And like, you know, the computer was just pitching balls. And uh, they were, uh, you know... The, the batter was like knocking them out or whatever. Um, and so I don't, they showed it on opening day and I didn't uh, see like, I missed the, I missed it uh, on opening day. So I don't know like if the, the, the winner changes each time Bryant won uh, this time. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that was kind of interesting. It had like cool eight bit music, whatever. Uh, but they also showed like Bona beef um, uh Bona Beef is one of the sponsors of the Cubs game and they showed like uh, they sponsored like a segment on the video board and it was like I don't know if they called it like what's your beef or whatever but it was like they did say something about like um, they they asked like a question like what's the worst thing about technology and they showed Chris Bryant um, answering that question and he said um, uh, for me the worst thing about uh, technology is all the losers out there that troll anybody and everybody Um and uh, Jack leaned over to me, and he's like, I think he's talking about us. Yeah, man. I mean, first of all, oh, wah, wah, wah. Like, Chris Bryant can't take a little criticism. But um, no, man, like, seriously, that was kind of a uh, – that was kind of like a, a real thing to to say in those, you know, yeah, those yeah. little short interview segments. Yeah, it you wasn't know, lighthearted. Yeah, usually it's like something lighthearted, something fast, something, you know, something stupid like, oh, yeah, like, you know – Everybody knows that, you know, John Lester packs crazy for his, his trips and or just something something stupid like that, right, you know, right, like right. but but it's uh but this one was like it was like heartfelt and, and you could tell he really meant it. It was uh it was almost a little, you know, I almost wish they would do like a different take where he said something else, like, Oh yeah, I can't stand dial up internet, remember that? Or something <laughs> right. no, something exactly. dumb. Yeah, I mean he calls people losers, which like, hey, that's what this podcast is, is founded on, but um but you know, it's probably it's not a great look for Chris Bryant to be calling pe- some like a certain group of people losers, uh, you know. And he's he's completely right. Um, but like, uh, you know, he, you know, they, you know, they say celebrities shouldn't like don't read the comments or like don't like like respond to your fans on Twitter or whatever. And it's like, yeah, Chris Bryant probably shouldn't like care enough to be able to, to call these people losers um which is just it's just funny to call that chris Bryant is calling, calling people losers on the cubs video board in in game uh so it's kind of a funny thing um they that's something that they did show on opening day i forgot to tell jack about that so it was, it was cool to see that uh again um and uh yeah so there you go that's what chris bryant thinks of uh internet trolls very good. Um, yeah, also a couple of songs uh, that were played, Jeremy. Were those played by the organ? Yeah, so the organist, um, you know, is um, – he started last year, but there were no fans there. So uh, Gary Pressy, a uh, longtime Cubs organist, retired at the end of uh, 2019, I guess. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, again, just another tradition that's kind of like gone from Wrigley. You kind of like – you miss um, – I don't know. You, as a Cubs fan, I was a little worried um, if you know if it would be the same without Gary Pressy, because uh, Gary Pressy would. First of all, he was a great organist. Uh, the best thing I, I wish I could meet Gary Pressy, because the the one thing I would say to him is like, 
you deserve like you know to be sainted for for keeping up with the horrible with the the droves and droves of horrible seventh inning stretch people who would sing at different keys or different tempos uh they would miss words they would like be off mic just and he stayed with them the whole time like he would adjust if they if they sang fast if they sang slow he was like a master so they got a new organist uh i don't know his name or anything i I feel i haven't seen like any um you know features on him or whatnot but um He's actually not bad, you know, like, um, he, he's no Gary Pressy, but, um, you know, give the guy 20 plus years, 30 years, uh, to see, see how far he comes. But, um, he was playing some cool songs. Uh, I noticed he played this one song and Jack, I'm pretty sure it was that song fish heads. And I asked Jack if he, if he knew that song, I don't think, I don't think you're familiar with that one, Jack. It's kind uh-huh. of an obscure eighties song, but it goes like fish heads. Fish heads, roly poly fish heads, fish heads, fish heads, eat them up, yum. And like, I think that that's what he played. It, it's kind of a, a very like uh, elementary beat, or like elementary like rhythm. And so like, it might be another song. Like it might be like, Ring Around the Rosie or something. I don't know. Like it, it, it probably shares the melody with another song. So it might not have been that weird fish head song, um, but. That's what I thought he was playing, and maybe he maybe he was. Um, he also played um, "How Bizarre" by OMC. I don't know if you know that one, Jack. Um, uh, maybe if I heard it, I might know it. Yeah, it's like um, it has like a, a trumpet in it. It's like "How Bizarre," and then there's like these women that sing like "Ooh, baby, it's making me crazy every time I look around." Um, that song, uh, I have horrible connotations with that song. I remember driving to uh, my first day of junior year in high school with uh, my friend Dave Mulcrone. He had a Cadillac, a big boat Cadillac, and he was like the first of our friends to drive. And he picked me up for the first day of school, and he was listening to Q101, which was like the alternative station here in Chicago. And they played that song, and I was just like, I was just miserable going back to school and it being like early in the morning and just feeling like shitty and like. I remember that OMC song played on the way to school and on the way back. And so I have this horrible association with that song. Um, it's kind of a catchy song, but the guy was totally a one hit wonder. Um, anyway, he, the organist was also playing that song. So maybe he was playing fish heads. I don't know. So, um, you know, Gary yeah, he, also, he also played home on the range too. I'd never heard that one at Wrigley field before. So I thought that was, uh, I thought that was nice as well. I want to say he played that for somebody. Like, or I mean, I want to say like, I've heard that song before for a certain player, but I'm trying to think of who that would have been for. Um, but like, yeah, yeah, he had a he had a wide range, he had a wide library. Um, so like, I mean, Gary Presley would play like the King of Wishful Thinking sometimes by um, uh, Go West, and uh, he had he had like a good um, uh, catalog of, of songs that he would play. And so if this guy's playing like kind of obscure songs like that, um, he definitely played the OMC song. So like, I, I appreciate that. So maybe this guy will will grow on me to um, maybe like the PA guy. Um, but uh, a lot of changes are on Wrigley Field, and so that's another one that we really haven't gotten a chance to experience in person, not being at the games. Like we heard him, I heard him, like we heard him play a little bit that the game last year that we sat outside of, but it's you know it's still different from being uh, in this in the stadium. So uh, we'll see. We'll have to you know keep track of the the organist as um, as the season goes on and we go to more Cubs games. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a couple more player notes here. Uh, Justin Turner was he throw he was throwing a couple of balls. 
to fans. <laughs> um, you know, Jeremy and I commented, hey, uh, Jeremy, like you said before, man, there's plenty of other stuff you can knock Justin t- uh, Turner for, um, you know, aside from being a ginger. Um, there's there's a lot to go on. But he, uh, yeah, he was throwing balls in there, and I, I just th- thought, man, this is the last guy I'd want to I'd want to catch a ball from, you know, just like sure. trying to s- just spread his COVID like wherever he possibly can. I mean, like, you know, uh, you know, you expect he throws a ball in the stand. You expect the the fans to part like the Red Sea. Um, <laughs> maybe like we were saying, like, you know, you get the ball and you squirt some uh, Purell on it, um, you know, stuff like that. Uh, and yeah. So was that was that between innings that he did that, Jack? Like, yeah, I, b- I believe it was. Yes. Yeah. And so he had to throw it again. Like he had to throw it over the fence. So he had like this high arcing like ball. Um, and, uh, yeah, so some lucky fan got that, uh, ball with a little extra seasoning on it, um, <laughs> Justin Turner, uh, Jack, we did, we, we alluded to Ildemaro Vargas, uh, being in the game. Uh, so there was a, there was an exciting play in the third inning. Um, uh, let's see, uh, Kyle Hendricks was up to bat. Um, Ildemaro Vargas was on second base and Marisnik was on third and uh, Dennis Santana, the pitcher for the Dodgers, threw a wild pitch, uh, and it rattled around home plate. Marisnik came in to score easily, uh, but Ildemaro Vargas was gunning it from second base all the way around, and he scored too when the ball kind of like, um, kind of got loose. And uh, I, I did rewatch the play because so, what happened was it was an it was a wild pitch and an E two. Um, so yeah, um, the catcher. Uh, uh, Barnes, Austin Barnes, right? Yes. Um, threw the ball uh, to uh, Dennis Santana for, to make a play on Marisnik, and he threw it over. Like he kind of, he kind of threw it high. Marisnik was sliding, and Dennis Santana just couldn't get to it, so the ball got away. And that's when Vargas came around to score. Um, and uh, you know, exciting moment for the Cubs. It put them up six to nothing at that point. And so, uh, you know, um, being a fan of the <laughs> the lesser known guys, sometimes. Um, I actually like Ildemaro Vargas. I think he should have made – he's another guy who should have made the team out of spring training as opposed to Eric Sogard or David Bode. I mean, David Bode was going to make it regardless. But, um, you know, you pass up Nico Horner and Ildemaro Vargas for Eric Sogard, that, that's like a slap in the face. So I, I kind of – I was kind of um, – you know, I'm pulling for Ildemaro Vargas, and he scored, and I just I, I got excited, and I just yelled, "He's a, he's here to stay! He's here to stay!" <laughs> so, um, you so, did, yeah. and Jeremy, uh, so Jake Marisnik hit a solo home run a little bit later in the game, <laughs> and you you also yelled, "He's here to stay!" when Jake Marisnik uh, hit that one. So yeah, you were you were you were happy about some of these uh, you know the, these bottom of the order Cubs bums. Um, yeah. You know, we, we'll we'll check back with you in a week's time and see if you still yeah. feel that way, but. Yeah, Marizic did hit a two-run homer tonight, and the Cubs are trying to – I don't know, man. They, I, mean, I got the game on here. Jock Peterson hit a ball uh, that looked like a walk-off homer – a walk-off grand slam, I think, and it ended up being a sack fly. Um, it really looked like it was gone. I, the wind must be blowing in. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, like, I mean – so here's the thing about having, like, enough bums on this team. It's like – I remember on opening day hearing like yeah I, we talked about the succession of bums that they announced like Sogard, Marisnik, uh, Walters, um, you know whoever else, and I was just thinking like, you know there you you put enough bum, Matt Duffy you put enough bums on the team, somewhat you're gonna end up like falling in love with one of them like you're gonna end up liking one of them when it's all said and done, and uh, it, it might end up being Jake Marisnik. I mean if the guy keeps playing good I I can't help but but you know, tip my hat to him, and especially if he's helping my team win. 
Um, so he's he's kind of in the groove right now. Uh, I thought Ian Happ was going to be on the DL, and I thought maybe Marisnik was going to be starting a lot. Um, right now, Peterson and Happ, honestly, I mean, they should not fuck around with Happ. Happ should be the center field starter, like like if he's healthy. Um, but Marisnik is making a case to get more playing time and possibly put, he's putting up better numbers than Jack Peterson right now. And so I don't know if you could start him over Jack Peterson, but uh, I don't know. Marisnik might be playing himself into more playing time and uh, and Hap isn't playing that well either. So um, something's got to give there. Um, but uh, that, that was definitely tongue in cheek. Marisnik has a further way to go to earn my, earn <laughs> my, my love. But uh, I do, I got a soft spot for Ildemaro Vargas. Um, so I was happy to see him come up uh, to the club after getting the shaft on opening day and uh, to, to score on that hustle play. So I, w- I was happy for him there. Well, um, uh, there was one more uh, one more thing, Jeremy. Um, it was with Kiebert Ruiz. So this is, you know, Kiebert Ruiz, uh, the Rain Delay Theater player of the game, uh, you yeah. know, today. But he uh, uh, originally, um, I didn't know who he was, but originally you had thought it was announced as Peter Ruiz because he wasn't listed on the roster um, so I think you kind of took your eyes off of the at bat for a second yeah. there. Yeah, exactly. I missed like the crack of the bat because, um, because I thought that he said, yeah, Peter Ruiz. And so I'm like, who the fuck is Peter Ruiz? Who, who gives a shit about this guy? <laughs> and, uh, and the next thing I know, the ball's flying, you know, into the, into the right field bleachers. And then I'm like, oh, that was Kiebert Ruiz. And it's like, fuck man, I would have, I would have, you know, I wouldn't, I was, I was penciling, I was writing his score, his name in the scorecard and I. I missed the swing, and so that kind of pissed me off. So like, um, so yeah, I think like I maybe maybe I blame that one on the uh, on the PA guy. I, I was I, gonna say yeah, man, he needs to work on his diction, dude. Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, I gotta hit that T harder. Um, uh, <laughs> so so yeah. Um, so I don't know. I'm so glad to see it. I, I saw the ball sail out, so that that maybe that's enough. I saw half of the homer, I guess. But yeah, uh, yeah, he got a good swing on it, and I, I will say they they made a tops now card of it that you showed me, Jeremy. So that's yeah. uh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, 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 for sure. I got uh, my order in for that one, so um, so that'll be cool. Always a fan to get one from a, a game I was at. Um, but uh, but yeah, so um, I mean, listen, the game itself, I mean. It was a blowout. Uh, it was good for the Cubs, six to uh, or seven to one. Uh, they they got that Marisnik homer late in the in the game to make it seven nothing, and then Kiebert broke up the uh, the shutout by by Hendricks. Um, Hendricks went the distance, which was much needed uh, after having some real clunkers. I think his ERA was in the sevens going up to uh, going into this game, and I think he got it down under six, which was nice. Um, yeah, and that that, uh, that that good outing was no thanks to Javi Baez, who made three errors in the game. Um, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a guy make three errors in one game, Jeremy. Yeah, three errors in in one game and two on one play, right? Yep. Yeah, he uh, he whiffed a ground ball, and then he uh, he like tried to do that thing where he shoveled the ball like from his glove to second base, but the yeah. you know the. There was supposed to be a double play ball, so he whipped, he whiffed fielding the ground ball. The guy was safe at second base, and then like I guess to try to maybe catch the guy off guard, he he shoveled the ball from his glove to the second baseman, but the ball went nowhere near the second baseman. It went into the outfield, and then the the runner on second took third. So yeah, it was a technically a, an error on the ground ball, and then a throwing error on Baez, all in the same play, all with all with one out in the seventh inning. Um, you know, with two outs to go in the game. So it was just, it was a garbage boneheaded play by Baez, who's normally a pretty good fielder, yeah, no, better I, than pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was just, it was literally just him fucking around. Um, I think because he knew they were up seven, nothing or seven, one at that point. And so, 
Um, but it was just sloppy and, and it shouldn't have happened. And it kind of made the second baseman look bad a little bit too. The play was like over and he kind of just shoveled it for no reason to the second baseman. And um, I think he was kind of, yeah, like you said, he was trying to like maybe catch the guy looking, but the second baseman wasn't even on, on, uh, on the same page as, uh, as, as Baez. And so like, yeah, it was just a weird play. And I was sweating it out because it was about, I gave myself like the deadline of three forty-five to, to leave the ballpark um, <clears throat> to get back. I had to be back by four thirty, and, um, you know, I had to walk to my car and then drive home and I guess I wasn't hitting any game traffic, but I was, I just wanted to make sure I got there on time. And so I was really sweating it out. Cause I'm like the game, it was like three 30 going into the top of the seventh, maybe even one out. And I'm like, okay, definitely going to be able to see the end of this game. I think Jack, you said like, you know, well, it looks like you're going to get this whole game in. And I was kind of in the back of my mind, I'm like, don't jinx it, Jack. And, uh, <laughs> Um, so, so, uh, that happened. I'm like, no, like they're just extending this damn game. And, uh, I won't like, it would, it would have sucked. Even if like, even if that with, I'm up seven to one and like leaving with two outs, I, you know, probably rest assured that they would win the game. Uh, but, uh, at that point I'm like, we made it this far. I want to see the last out. And, uh, that, that made it, that got it, made it a little, uh, uh, a little hairy there at the end. But, um, but yeah, game ended, um, we uh we were trying to like uh decide like you know i was going to just kind of take off and just like leave jack to his own devices i ended up doing that and just kind of run walk into my car and made awesome time i got home in 20 minutes uh it was 405 on my on my kitchen clock when i when i got in so must, uh, I yeah it must have been that that small crowd there was no traffic yeah no got in made made it pretty good uh uh there jack did you have uh, any trouble yeah. getting out oh, of the game God. i didn't have any trouble getting out jeremy when, when we got out and we descended from that you know we were basically at the top of the upper deck i'll tell you man when, when you've been sitting for three hours like you know your knee <laughs> in, in that cold weather your knees get real stiff uh-huh. and uh and you forget man when you're walking down that uh the upper deck those are steep stairs they're steep yeah. stairs and they're not really like big stairs you know they're just big enough for you to like put your foot on so yep. it's, you can't like take big steps down them you have to take little steps down the stairs dude i, I almost like fell flat on my face going down those stairs <laughs> i was like i was like holy crap i gotta i gotta hold on to something but there's not any rails there because my legs were just so stiff when i was walking down man yeah. I, I thought i was gonna i thought i was gonna <laughs> pilot man it's like uh and I always forget that too. It seems like that always happens to me, like in the cold weather games. Every time we go, um, you know, it's like Travis Bickle says in Taxi Driver. You know, man, I got to start remembering this stuff. You know, like I gotta, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta remember, I gotta remember how steep those steps are for the next time we go to. We're going to a game in June. I yep. gotta, like, I gotta remember that, man. Jesus Christ, it scared get the crap your, out of me. Get your stretches in. Uh, get loose. Stay loose. Um, yeah, no, Jack, I honestly, I've, I've had those moments too, going down those stairs and like, you know, I don't know, you, you, you see every once in a while you see like an old timer going up and down the stairs and they're like holding on to like the, the art, there's the seats cause there are no rails. So they have to like hold on to the, the, the seat, like the armrest of the seat and like, they're kind of pull themselves up and you're like, Oh geez, this looks bad. Like it's like <laughs> a rickety, you know, uh, co- like covered wagon, like going on a bumpy, hill or a cobblestone street or something it's like this doesn't look good and um yeah and then when when you when you yourself are like doing it and you're like you know in your 30s or whatever um you know in relatively good shape and like you are like maybe finding yourself like needing to hold on to the, the seat you kind of feel like what's wrong with me um but but it, but it is the stairs are pretty darn steep 
Yeah. Well, you know, they, they paint the hey, you painted the press box green. Like, you know, you've done all this other stuff. I think you could put some, just some railings on those stairs, you know, for... I'm surprised uh, it's not uh, against, like, code to <laughs> have railings, but... Yeah, uh, yeah, no kidding. So that's, that's, that's dangerous. So that, cool. So make a, I'll make a skull note of that one that, uh, that I gotta, <laughs> that I gotta do that. Um, sure. Uh, okay, so yeah, some quick news and notes here, Jeremy. You had, uh, the first thing you have listed well, here is... Uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll just, I'll just say it. Uh, Jack, um, I was listening to the game tonight, um... This is a damn good game, Jack, that we're missing right now. Um, uh, they've scored a run in each of the extra innings. Uh, so it's like... It I'm was surprised th- it's still going. It was 3-3 three to three, uh, going into extra innings. The Cubs tied it up in the eighth, and uh, each team... It's 5-5 five, five now. They've each scored a run in each of their at-bats, basically. Um, so uh, we'll see what happens. Tony Walters is up here with a, with Matt Duffy at second base. Um, so we'll see what happens. But um, I was watching the game earlier, and they were talking about, like, I guess David Bodie... Uh, Eric Sogard and and Matt Duffy have have like formed like an alliance, kind of like I I want to say like a team years ago, like the bench guys created like a name for themselves or, um, I don't I, do you, does it, is that ringing a bell, Jack? Like I know there was like the the Red Sox were like the idiots, but that was like the whole team. Like I feel like the bench the benches like the the bench guys like have done that before. But what was the uh, what was the White Sox one? The Dirty Cat Salon? Dirty Cat Salon. Those were just like fucking douchebags with, with bleach blonde <laughs> facial hair. Um but uh but yeah so anyway so those Bodie uh Sogard and Duffy have created um a like a ship name for themselves uh Bogard Duff. And um uh-huh. if you if you wanna revisit uh you know athletes being creative and the the the, the pratfalls of that um you know uh look no further than uh than this bogard duff is their name and uh that's yeah just bad man no that's uh especially like with with the news that eric sogard is basically a chud um yeah yeah yeah, yeah him him and his wife uh yeah it's a that's a, that's a real shame jeremy you know i wonder if that's going to be on their players weekend jersey oh god yeah right bogard duff one two and three well jack you know, fucking uh, kick me in the dick if they're if they're if two of those guys are still on the roster by Players Weekend, okay? <laughs> like, what what are we about a, an hour and twenty eight minutes into this podcast? Uh, mark that down, folks. I if these two guys are on the team come Players Weekend, I'm fucking I'm buying that 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 White Sox jersey, and I might even buy a fucking Brewers jersey. So, um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so um, I bet they both are still on the team at that point. But um, but yeah, so uh, I don't know. That would be that would be sad. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I I don't know. It's like Duffy has been hitting okay. Sogard for a while was hitting better than any all three of them, uh, or better than the other two. Um, uh, Bodie had a big game yesterday. I, I, I'm they're they're kind of like trending upwards with me. I'm trying to accept them, um, but uh, this is not helping. Bogard Duff is like, it's like it's so bad it's good almost. Like I don't know. It's but it's so it's so bad it's bad, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it like the uh, it's like the Joe Mauer thing with Players Weekend where he his 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 jersey just said Mauer. It's like Joe Mauer, <laughs> c- comedic genius or complete dullard. I'm not, yeah. you know. Yeah. I'm not sure, but yeah, that, that the Bogard Duff thing is another level of stupid. So we'll see where it goes. It's, I will say sad. that that would excite me if it bad. was Bogard Duff one, two, and three. That would that would actually be kind of awesome. So we'll see. I have a feeling uh, they that wouldn't would the, go there. I, that would be the only redemption to any of this. Uh, would be would be that, and it would only be a slight redemption. Um, <laughs> 
Jack, uh, we talked about it uh, kind of in the in the opening, but uh, minor league baseball started yesterday, and man, I I didn't even really think about it, like, but like, geez, like it's it's great. I was seeing like a lot of updates. Like there's obviously a, a bunch of guys who you uh, prospects who you've heard about that you couldn't even check in with how they were doing because they haven't played a fucking game in over a year, um, and so. I don't know. There was just like a little bit of excitement just reading all like I was texting with some friends about some prospects. Um, uh, Wander Franco had like this like really like big hustle triple uh, in his game. Um, uh, Jordan Walker, first round pick for the Cardinals, hit a home run on his first pitch seen in pro ball. Um, Ed Howard had a good game for uh, I think it's Myrtle Beach uh, for the Cubs. Like there was a lot of excitement in the air. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just like, these guys haven't played in, you know, since 2019, um, you know, and, and like some of them were drafted, you know, and haven't played professional yet. And like, uh, I can't imagine what it felt like for some of these guys to, to get back out there after being on the shelf for so long. So it was kind of a cool thing. I kind of wish I was more in tune with it. Um, I've been planning to get, uh, M Milb TV this year, um, Turns out it's only forty bucks for the whole year. That's pretty damn good. I, yeah, I that's uh, yeah, that's that's not bad at all. I guess maybe they figured that just not that many people would would want it, so it's it's a little cheaper. Um, yeah, uh, but but yeah, I, mean, I would assume you just get every minor league game that's broadcast. I think you get every minor league game that's broadcaster that like has a feed. So like, I mean, shit, that's a ton of games. So like, I'm I'm gonna do that. Um, I kind of wish I would have already had it in place for yesterday, so I could have watched some games. But um, but yeah, it's like it's great to have minor league baseball back and to like be able to now see some progress of some of these uh, prospects that we've been following for 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 a while now. And um, you know, every team has their prospects. So like, you know, there was no progress being made so now we can finally track some of them and that's exciting yeah um, it, it is cool jeremy and hey rain delay theater actually brought you two of the top prospects um you know we saw them wander franco and bobby witt jr are yeah. two of the prop two of the, probably the top four prospects in, uh, in baseball right I now we got so. to see them yeah. both which is pretty cool yeah absolutely and they will uh they will make the majors in one day and uh hopefully we'll be able to cover them uh on this podcast um so uh so that was very cool um, another thing that happened earlier on the Cubs broadcast today, or in this this whole series with the Dodgers, is Rick Sutcliffe has been sitting in as the third man for the booth in the booth with uh, Shambi and and JD. And um, I gotta say, I don't I don't really like. I guess Shambi and Sutcliffe work together on ESPN. I don't I, I don't know how many TV games they call. I feel like maybe they might have called more radio games, but. As much of a train wreck as, in general, the third man in the booth has been for the marquee network, um, and so by no means is Sutcliffe any better than any of these guys. He just he kind of sounds like Maddie, Maddie, you know, who you know he's she's over there doing doing the thing like or like yeah, she's doing she's do, she do, she doing one of those missions missions exactly and like so I can't help like it's like Sutcliffe now permanently just sounds like that even if he is sober <laughs> um, to me at least. Uh, so he's not really bringing that much more to the table. Yesterday, all he was talking about yesterday was his like n- his nephew or his grandson's little league, and like someone threw like a high uh, pitch, um, you know, like above the the batter, and um, he goes like, "I see so many of those in little league." It's like, who? Ca- what are you talking about, little league? Like, stop talking about little league. This is a professional baseball game. Don't talk about Little League. Like, it has, there's no place there for that. 
Like, and so, um, yeah, it was just, it's like, come on, so rein it in a little bit. We got to get him to stop talking about little league. Um, and, uh, <laughs> but it's kind of the, the rapport between him and Shambi is pretty good. Shambi is pretty brutal on, on Sutcliffe. He really like kind of just like he, he asked Sutcliffe a question and he's like, and he gave like a dumb answer. He was like, Oh yeah. You know, um, uh, you know, whatever. I, it's just some, some dumb jockey answer. And Shambi said like, yep, I should have known better than to ask you that or to ask you any questions. Or something. <laughs> it's, he's kind of, he's kind of mean to Sutcliffe, which is kind of funny to, to hear. Um, and, uh, it's kind of nice to hear JD kind of like throwing it, like talking trash with them as well. Like kind of throwing it around. Um, so, so yeah, I think it's, uh, it's, I don't know. It's like if they insist on shoehorning these, these guys in, I think Sutcliffe would be like the guy who I would vote for to, to be like a semi regular, um, certainly over grace and Dempster for sure. Um, so that's been fun to listen to. I don't know how often he's going to be here. I'm sure he'll be gone. Like he, I'm sure he's only here for the Dodgers series, by the way, Jack, uh, Anthony Rizzo walk off single Cubs sweep the Dodgers. Oh, good. Good for you, Jeremy. Good for you. <laughs> um, just, uh, just pretty crazy. This was a damn good game and I'm, I'm kind of bummed that I missed the end of it. Uh, but, uh, I kind of have it here in the background here, but, um, but yeah, so, uh, so that happened. Um, Jack, another thing that happened today, uh, John means through a no hitter. Um, I got to say, Jack, I was getting ready for my game or for my, for my class today. And, uh, I was getting my updates on my phone that John means no hits through seven. I didn't even bother turning it on, Jack. Yeah, I, I would be, I was going to say we would be remiss not to mention that it happened. Um, but like that, that's like the second no hitter that's happened in two weeks. You know, it's just or th- or three weeks or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, it was almost a perfect game. Again, I think a guy reached on a, uh, a wild pitch on a strike three, yep. which happened in, in the third inning. So I guess, you know, for, for, a, you know, for most of the game, there was no, uh, no shot at a, uh, uh, a perfect game. But, yeah, I mean, we've had three no-hitters in the month of April. Um, but they're also saying that offense is the worst it's been um, in, in years uh, as far as just uh, the overall league batting average. Mm-hmm. So I, I almost wonder if uh, these no-hitters or even just one one or two hitters are just going to kind of become a normal thing. I don't think no, I don't think no-hitters are ever going to be a normal thing, but we, we, it could be a, we could be looking at a year of a record year of no-hitters for, for baseball to the point where could it be boring to get a no-hitter? Well, was it um, was in 1991, Jack, where there was like all those no hitters in baseball after like not having a no hitter for like nine years? Or I don't know. Like, I think um, I'm trying to look at the list of no hitters here. I think it was like 90, 90 or 91 uh, where there was just a ton of no hitters. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It's I mean, three already. And we're like at May 5th. Um, so I don't know, man. It could be another year like that. Um but, uh, but yeah, um, yeah, it's kind of sad when, um, when a no hitter happens and you don't even want to bring up the video and, and obviously, <laughs> and obviously, uh, you know, MLB like inundates you with it. It's like, he's through seven, no hits. He's through eight, no hits. He ends, he's entering the ninth, no hits. And it's like, I was like, I can't, I'm not going to put that on. Like, and I like him lefty, you know, the left lefty, no hitter second in a row. I like that. Um, I even kind of like John means, but like he was, John means was an all-star, uh, in yeah, 2019. 2019. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, kind of cool. It's a cool story, but I'm like, I got no time for a John means no hitter right now. I, I got, I got work <laughs> to do, you know? So, um, so yeah, I guess congratulations. Um, 
but uh, you know, Mariners, you should be ashamed of yourself, I guess. But um, but yeah, so that that happened, and then uh, we got to check in. I I don't know if there's been any uh, Daniel Robinson plate appearances since. Uh, since he's last I think week. he's on the he he got his concussion, Jeremy. So yeah. I think he's out. Um, uh, yeah. So it's I was gonna say, yeah, folks, that's kind of that you know. Uh, hey, I I hope Daniel Robertson gets better, but that's kind of saving my bacon, I think, because uh, there was no yeah. indication that they were gonna stop playing Daniel no, Robertson. Not at all. Um. So yeah, I the fact that he has been uh, injured is uh, has kept him out of the lineup. Also, not good. Christian Yelich came back for one game. Yeah. Um, and he's on the he's he's basically going on the IL uh, indefinitely now, which is not not good for the Brewers. They don't know what's going on with him and his um his injured back. So that's uh, that's not good. So we'll see if the Brewers can stay in contention. But yeah, no no Daniel Robertson updates uh, because um, there haven't been any. He's been out of the lineup. But one thing we did uh, we had an over under on uh, Tony Larusa throwing himself under the bus after a uh, after a White Sox loss. I think that it was four point five games uh that it would happen i took the over keep in mind folks this was only about three or four weeks ago that we did this over unders there's already been two instances now of larusa <laughs> throwing himself under the bus after a white Sox loss the first one was uh i think a week and a half ago or so lucas giolito was pitching in a game and he was pitching pretty well yeah i think this was about a week ago and uh, uh larusa just didn't take him out uh, giolito said after the game that he was tired, but Larusa ran him out there for an extra inning, and then the White Sox ended up losing that game. And um, Giolito later revealed that he was he was basically out of gas, but he went out there anyway because they didn't take him out. Uh, so that was a that was a, a faux pas on Larusa's part for just not knowing um, you know what what was up with his starting pitcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in today's uh, yesterday's game, uh, or was it today? This morning's. Yeah, it was this morning. Yeah, yeah, it was this afternoon. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, it was an extra inning game for the White Sox. Uh, the game ended uh, one nothing Reds victory, but, um, uh, yeah, Liam Hendricks came out to run in the 10th because there had been a double switch. The White Sox were playing at the Reds. Um, La Russa was not aware of the rule that said he didn't have to have Hendricks run. He could have had Jose Abreu run. And a reporter had to tell him about that rule after the game. Uh, so Tony La Russa did not know the rules of uh, of the game he was managing, uh, which is it, completely inexcusable um, and embarrassing for Tony Larusa. Jeremy, yeah. I said I said four point five on that, and I took the over, but I don't know if we're gonna get to that because I'm not sure Larusa is gonna be managing the White Sox much longer. Well, I mean, what are they gonna fire him in the middle of the year? I don't I don't think that's gonna happen either. I I think they're stuck <laughs> with this guy. I don't. It's it's just crazy, and it's getting kind of like uncomfortable it's like i don't like you know i you don't really want to be ageist i i mean i i i want to talk shit about people but you know you know just calling him out just based on his age is kind of like low-hanging fruit a little bit it's kind of like yelling who's this to jimmy nelson um but (laughs) uh but like it's not good. It's not good. Like it's like, and I don't know, like if throwing himself under the bus, it might be the wrong term because that has some sort of like altruistic, like connotation. Like, I feel like he's just like, he just is just keeps like kind of making a fool of himself a little bit. And it's, it's kind of sad if it's because he's just old, you know? Yeah. And I, I, um, I, I was reading on white Sox Reddit after the game, they said, uh, the white Sox post game show, uh, our Chuck Garfine was they were they were they were trying to justify Larusa not knowing the rule. They had uh, they had our Chuck, uh, Frank Thomas and uh, Ozzie Guillen in the studio, and Frank Thomas and Ozzie Guillen were both like, 
yeah, we didn't know about the rule. And so <laughs> our, our Chuck was like, yeah, we got, you know, we got a Hall of Famer and a, a World Series winning manager here, and they didn't know the rule. Uh, so how was anybody supposed to know about the rule? But I'll say like Frank Thomas and Ozzie Guillen are maybe not the two guys you would uh, you would expect to know about this rule. I mean, if you if right. you want to talk about two guys who are just out of touch and the game has passed them by, you know, those two guys would be they would be on the list of, of players like that, especially Ozzie Guillen. So, um, yeah. you know, Ozzie Guillen probably doesn't even know that you have a runner on base in extra in extra innings, you know, so no. like. Uh, yeah, not, not a good, just not a good situation all around. Um, and especially reports came out in the last week or so that some players were unhappy with the fact that Larusa was screwing up all this stuff. So, uh, yeah, we'll see where it goes. It's, I'll, I'll say this, Jeremy, it's very White Sox what's happening. It just, it could, it couldn't possibly be more White Sox than, no. than what it is. So I, that's, that's at least good to see. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's kind of like all we expected it to be just where we still haven't, seen the uh, bench for being Latin uh, yet, <laughs> but uh, I'm sure that's coming very soon. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Luis Robert now on the shelf, that's one, one less guy who he can bench for, for, I was going to say they're all, all, they're all getting hurt. So he's yeah. not going to, it's not going to be able to happen, but you know, yeah, there's still Moncada and Abreu are still on the team and Larry Garcia. Yeah. Maybe these guys are intentionally putting themselves on the 60 day DL to not have to play for this guy. They figure like, we'll just wait it out on the DL until this guy retires or is forced, uh, forced to retire. Um, and then we can get a real manager in here, um, for next year. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, we got to get to a white Sox game. I guess we won't be seeing Luis Robert, um, or Eloy Jimenez. So, um, that's kind of a bummer. Maybe we'll, you know, I guess Andrew Vaughn, um, and, uh, Michael Kopech will have to suffice, but I may have just jinxed Kopech. So he's about, you know, what, what we have, uh, oh yeah. Hey Jack, I forgot about that. We have, um, was it, um, one point, was it 2.5 over under for crochet, uh, Kopech combined DL stints? Yes. Yeah. And cro- crochet's on the DL right now. So we're, we're, we're coming up on that one as well. Jeez. All these, all these ominous white socks, uh, over unders, you know, they're all, they're all, they're all going to come true. I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We got to make it to a white Sox game while LaRusse is still the manager. I'm not sure. I'm not sure we're going yes. <laughs> to, I'm not sure it's going to happen. We'll no, see. We, limited time only like you know see <laughs> see uh michael kopeck with a baseball in his hand um uh yeah so we'll, we'll we'll get on that folks um but uh but yeah this we'll we'll wrap it up for this one i suppose um yeah yeah we're still still waiting for that nine inning game jack it'll happen hopefully well yeah it'll it'll happen uh, and maybe we'll have it to you soon um but uh for for this week's rain delay theater we'll see you next week i'm jack swakowski and i'm jeremy dionisio we'll see you soon 